gentlemen welcome to no budget nightmares this is mo he's a bad film hating while i skating all the while masturbating that's, that's mo porn yeah. yeah and with me as always is the one and only doug tilly he's bow, doug bow, tilly bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy bow, bow. mo what yes. do you think about vampires i don't know i dig them are they scary mo are vampires no. scary he's bow, the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Not, our as vamp- scary, not as scary as that is. <laughs> are, are vampires scary, Mo? Uh, I mean, it depends. You know, I mean, I don't know. There's a sexiness to them that makes them a little hard to be scary. Can something be sexy and scary at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely, it can. That's that's actually a theory that we're going to be testing on today's episode. Oh, no, bit, it, it fails in this, in this movie, but... <laughs> We're going to talk about that in just a second. This is no budget nightmares. <laughs> I, I just realized saying that, that aside from the fact that our uh, theme song says that it's no budget nightmares, we don't ever start with saying, hi, this is no budget nightmares. Oh, actually, you do. You do that. I, actually, say, I do every episode. What I, should, what I should say is I never say yeah. anything like welcome to no budget nightmares, our beloved fans. Yeah, that's that is accurate. I, I say no budget nightmares at the beginning of every episode. It's so yeah, you do, and I and you do it very well, and I'm not trying to knock that at all. I just feel like I want to be a more welcoming presence to the people who listen to the show, Mo. All right, Mo. We have a few announcements at the top of the show. Oh, let's time. get to them then, because you don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't know. I have no fucking. This is all news to me. Uh, the first thing is kind of not a great thing, Mo. Ruh-roh. We're ending the show. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we probably oh my, should. Oh, my God. I just heard like 15 people cry. <laughs> <laughs> we should have ended it probably a long time ago, but we're not. No, we're actually throwing out uh, our uh, love and support to longtime listener, big supporter of the show, Robert Long, who, of course, yeah. not only is, uh, of course, worked with Don Doler, but also appeared, of course, in the WNUF Halloween special. Robert Long has been a big supporter of our show, and he recently had uh, some tough luck with the uh, the flooding that took place in Maryland yeah. not too long ago. Um, and we want to send out all of our support, and we've um, decided that uh, it would be best to donate our Patreon uh, money from last month to that uh, th- to his current GoFundMe that's going on. We're also going to link that GoFundMe in the show notes of this today's show. We, of course, have also put the link up over on the No Budget Nightmares Facebook group. If you do have any uh, extra money that you can help support, he lost like 80% of all of his yeah. belongings in that flood. So uh, it sounds terrible. My heart goes out to him under these very, very difficult circumstances. But hopefully with uh, a little bit of help and with some help from the No Budget Nightmares universe, he can be back on his feet uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all you got to say, Mo. No addition at all. Um, well, I've I've already publicly stated everything I I needed to stay to state. Um, but yeah, are you, no, drunk? are you drunk on this episode? No bunch of nightmares, Mo. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought maybe it's a good opportunity for us to publicly publicly publicly. Uh, who's drunk now? <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm Canadian. Um, oh, true. <laughs> To publicly say, you know, thanks to Robert Frawley's support over the yeah, years. he's yeah, he is he has been a fan and supporter of the show pretty much since day one. Um, you know, he has been active in the group. He has been, uh, I mean, just he hits us up with little bits of info, and you know, he's the inspiration for why we ended up doing the WNUF special. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, I consider him a friend and. Uh, he's definitely a friend of the show, and anything that you can, you know, send his way, do, please. So speaking of Patreon, I also want to give a quick shout-out to uh, one of our new backers, Tyler Sharp. Tyler, you're a great guy. I love hearing your voice, Tyler. Tyler, what a beautiful name. You like the name Tyler, right, Mo? It's my oldest son's name, yeah. I know. Tyler is special. Tyler is wonderful. So thanks a lot, Tyler. And Mo, that brings us, after those two announcements, to today's episode, which is a very, very special episode. Long requested movie we're talking about today, Mo. Has it really been that requested, though? I mean, nope, not at all. (laughs) I was going to say, it's been discussed many times, mostly by me, but I mean, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's been requested, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's about time we did it, though, so I can finally shut the fuck up about it and be like, just go back and listen to episode 10-whatever-this-is. It's kind of an important movie for us as a podcast because um, it is the oldest movie that we've ever covered on No Budget Nightmares. Now, I don't want to give the impression, by the way, to our listeners that Mo and I do not like uh, movies made, say, previous to 1970 or anything like that. Um, I was going to say, anybody who knows anything about me knows that ain't true. Yeah, exactly, right? It's just that that kind of movies that we cover on this particular podcast, it's usually only appropriate. I mean, it's certainly most appropriate because we focus so much on shot on video type stuff right. for the 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s yeah. and sometimes like the digital video stuff that's been made since then. So we rarely go previous to 1980. And this time, Mo, we're going back all the way to the summer of love. No, we're going to 1969, <laughs> where we're going to talk about William Edwards' horror classic, Dracula, the Dirty Old Man. Yeah, I was going to say, I think previously the furthest back we had gone was Body Beneath, right? From the Almost 70s. certainly Body Beneath, which I believe was 1970. Yeah, yeah, so we're only moving one year earlier, but that was even kind of a unique special case. And oddly right. enough, this is another film that I believe is only available through something weird video. My favorites. Your faves, Mo. Uh, and uh, without them, of course, we wouldn't have uh, permanent uh, 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 preserved versions of movies as wonderful as Dracula, the Dirty Old Man from the year 1969. Mo, what do you remember about 1969? <laughs> well, I was a young man back then, <laughs> but I remember hitchhiking back to Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe you know, was actually two years previous, but... <laughs> no, it wasn't, Mo. It was 1969. Was it? Oh, okay. You're thinking, I think, of the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967. Sure. If you're going to San Francisco. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> actually, funny story about my dad real quick. Uh, my dad, this is how much of... 
this this just gives you an idea of my dad as a person. Uh, he actually started driving to Woodstock um, to to go see the bands play and got about an hour away, uh, where and uh, and decided the traffic was going to be too bad and turned around and came home. Jesus Christ! What a dad thing to do, by the way. Ah, yeah. I'm turning this thing around. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he was fucking. He was fucking 19 at the time. Like he wasn't even like you know, like that's like the prime age to go and do no shit kidding. like that. <laughs> I just like the idea that it's like instead of cavorting around naked in the mud for like three days straight, he's like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna go back home and maybe I'm sit just on gonna the couch. Go back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to miss that moon landing. <laughs> But no, Mo, we're not talking about the year 1969. We're talking about the movie that was made in the year 1969, or at least around that time period, Dracula, the Dirty Old Man. Now, the circumstances around the creation of this movie, um, as per usual, are almost certainly more interesting than the movie itself. Oh, yeah. In this case, absolutely. It was directed and written by William Edwards, and uh, Bill Edwards, I'll call him Billy Edwards. Billy Edwards, he made a movie in 1969 called uh, Ride a Wild Stud. So, you know, an exploitation movie. And he would follow this movie up with a movie called The Mummy and the Curse of the Jackals because he has a fascination with jackals, which we're, I'm sure we'll discuss today. But the, uh, something uh, went amiss when they were making this movie. What happened, Mo? Uh, oh, it's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but that aside from being just a terrible terrible movie, what uh, what went amiss during the creation of it that led to it becoming what we now are left with today? Um, I'm not sure of the specific details. I and I'm sure you've put a little research into it. I I, I had the story that uh, you know that the people over at Something Weird told me, uh, which is which I'm probably getting wrong because it's been 20 years since I've had that conversation, but. Um, I don't know. Like the way it was explained to me was that they had, where they were trying to make like a horror nudie film, right? And that, and that, like nobody was interested in it. So that somebody took it and redubbed over new dialogue and put it back out as a horror nudie comedy. And I'm not sure if it made any fucking money at that point or not. I'd be very surprised if it did. <laughs> um. The trivia on the IMDb says that the original sound shot with the movie was so bad and didn't match the good footage that the entire movie was dubbed in the studio, which is obvious when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. Additional footage was shot in Dallas using some local talent. It is interesting when watching the movie that sometimes you can see by uh, the mouth movements that they are saying some of the dialogue that you're hearing. Right. But other times it does not match even close. Well, yeah, but and there's also two different qualities of uh the dubbing <clears throat> where there it was clear they went in the first time when they were just trying to redub the movie as is and then went back to do all the funny bits yeah because absolutely. yeah all of the funny bits are very different quality than the stuff that's attempting to m- match up with their mouths all right. I feel like we're kind of dancing around this a little bit more. Let's be a little more explicit about this funny business that you keep referring to. What's going on in Dracula the Dirty Old Man to make it so funny? Okay, so do you remember when we covered that um, <laughs> Ugandan action film? Uh, who killed, you know, who, who Captain, who killed Alex? Captain Alex? Movie, 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 movie. Uh, Commando. <laughs> Commando. 
Oh, Tiger Mafia has got good panties. Um, <laughs> anyway. Look, if you, think, if you think that our accents that we were just using there were offensive, and very understandable if you did. Understandably you so, yeah. You ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, so they had the VJ talking over the entire movie. This is sort of the same idea. Every time the Dracula character comes on... Um, there's basically like this running internal monologue, you know, where he's sort of narrating to himself everything. And actually it happens a lot with the, uh, with Mike or, or later to be known as Irving Jackalman. Um, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, he does that too, where he'll, yes. where he'll just narrate fucking, but his is tedious. Yeah, like at, the- at least Dracula's tries to be funny. Mike's is tedious because he's very much just keeping up the chatter. He's he's yeah. fulfilling the Doug Tilly role in this movie where he just keeps <laughs> talking just to fill up space, even if it's completely right. uninteresting. But you're and, and also like they have to comment on everything, but every fucking thing. Aside from the fact that all of the dialogue in this movie, especially when it comes to the monsters, are is dubbed in a humorous fashion. What else is notable about the voice of Dracula, Mo? Oh yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> what uh <coughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so uh when they when they decided to dub over Dracula's voice, they for some reason thought it would be hilarious to make him an old Jewish man. Mm-hmm. So he's got a real thick uh Yiddish accent and it's I mean, it's. I mean, I understand they're trying to be funny. I get yeah. that, and and I and I'm okay with using the the Yiddish accent as humor. I mean, obviously, a bunch of people have what done it to great, great effect. About? Oh, don't start! Don't start! <laughs> Honestly, you just sound Russian. It's, <laughs> it's, um, but yeah. So so they do the they do the 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 Yiddish voice, and it, it's just fucking terrible. The one other thing that we should mention about the dialogue is that it appears to be completely improvised. Um, there are moments when people fuck up words and just keep going. There's a part where they have a, uh, a laughing fit in the middle of a line, which we'll hear a little bit later. Uh, there's there's no suggestion that they are jokes, like written jokes. It does seem to just be have been made up on the spot and that it seems to at least be, if not just a single voice, then only like two voices for all the dialogue in the movie. Yeah, they they should have hired Effie to uh, come in and, and do this movie. He would have done a much better job. They should have. Uh, it's, it's like playing Skyrim where everyone has the same fucking voice. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a useless joke for me to make just then. <laughs> it's I, well, you know what? If anybody knows your history with Skyrim, they know it's not useless. I'm actually not uh, like a huge player. My wife played it for for many many hours. Except now, just recently, I have started playing it, so I'm ultra aware. Of the fact yeah. that for some reason Bethesda had like five actors to do seven thousand different characters in that movie, that movie, yeah. that game, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mo- you, know, you used to be you used to be an adventurer, but then you took an arrow to the knee. Boy, what a what a modern joke that you're coming up with there, Mo. Never, never heard that one before. Nope. <laughs> Mo. Yours. Wit Boyd presents. That's how this movie starts, uh, text on a screen. The music in the very opening, Mo, what does it sound like? Do you remember? No. 
kind of sounds like an organ and people fiddling around on drums, like a almost like an orchestra tuning up. Except instead of an orchestra, it would be like it's like the Doors fell down like a flight of stairs or something like that. <laughs> and what's the thing that we see, Mo, during the opening credits? What do you mean the thing we see? Well, we see dra- Oh, there's a oh. shot of. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we get a sh- uh, a drawn, <laughs> a hand drawn. Uh, picture of a breast with fang marks on it. Yeah, so there's a uh, there's a titty. Let's just say it. Um, I like how you had trouble remembering. Didn't you watch this just a few hours ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how. That's how fucking. <laughs> and you've seen it before. So I've seen this movie many times. The movie starts with a breast, and then blood is coming out of these tooth teeth marks, these fang marks in the breast, and that blood runs down into the title Dracula. The Dirty Old Man, which is the movie that we're about to talk about. Yeah. And then it gives us, it goes right from that, Mo, into an old school Hollywood set of credits where it lists all the actors in the movie and all of the roles that they're playing, Mo. What's notable about the credits here? (laughs) I I didn't pay, I mean, look, I was forced to watch them, but I didn't pay attention. I have no fucking clue. Mo, I, look. I, of course, have written down the thing that was notable. So no worries. No reason yeah. to be upset. All I wanted to say is that it does le- list all of the actors and the roles that they were playing. Vince Kelly plays a character named Alucard. Right. And if you haven't heard that name before, you obviously haven't played Castlevania. But if you have never heard that name before, they helpfully add, right next to the name, Dracula spelled backwards. <laughs> 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 Just in case you didn't get it. Right. Dr. Acula. Oh, I get it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Acula. It also notes that narration is by Ron Scott. So I'm guessing that Ron Scott is the voice that we mostly hear. At the very least, he's the first voice that we hear once the movie starts. Right. Ronald Scott, (laughs) Mo. Yes. (laughs) No, no reason. Just wanted to say something. Oh, okay. How does the movie proper start, Mo? All right, so we open with a uh, a shot of uh, desert and mountain range, um, and with a little uh, voiceover narration that is desperately trying to be funny oh, um, by basically repeating shit over and over again. And it's like, fuck me. This is so a real tedious. this opening narration is bonkers because it's almost- honestly the whole first half of the movie is fucking tedious. The second half is fun. You know, the first half of the movie is tedious. Yeah, yeah, until Irving Jackalman makes his fucking first appearance. <laughs> Basically. So let's hear a little bit of this narration. You can get a sense of what Mo was talking about. There across the desert was where I had my first experience. As I looked out into the beautiful hills beyond, the beautiful hills, beyond the beautiful I mean, I don't I know if it's trying to be like hippie-ish. Is that what we're, what's going on here? Like, I feel like it's trying to do like a play on like nature documentaries. Oh, death lurked behind those beautiful hills, behind the beautiful hills. I mean, but I don't know how big nature documentaries were at this time, so I don't, I don't know. Like, it's it is lame, but I have to say, I was intrigued by it when I first heard it because I'm like. What is going on? Like, I, it, it did draw me in in a way that made me briefly interested in what we were about to see. Right. So, 
And I probably, I probably really enjoyed the joke the first time I saw this movie. <laughs> and then we see a coffin, Mo, a, uh, a hallmark of vampire-based movies. The coffin surrounded by two torches. And then what happens, Mo? What happens to this coffin? Um, well, <laughs> so we get, uh, the, sh- the coffin opens and while it's opening, we get a loud, long groaning yawn overdubbed. The best part about all of this, especially this first one, this first time we see Alucard, um, <laughs> Which is, of course, Dracula spelled backwards. Um, the first time we see this, he, his mouth doesn't move at fucking all. So he's having like this big, giant, groaning, mental yawn. Oh, okay. So you're just finished there. I, <laughs> that sounded like a thought that was starting as opposed to ending. No, no. My thoughts only start. <laughs> and then he sounds like this. Now, this will give you, the listener, a really strong idea of what Dracula Alucard is going to sound like for the rest of this movie. Oh, if I got to go to the bedroom, I've got to get a new interior decorator. I mean, that's the kind of shit you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. And that's as good as any other joke. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> you see... I'm- there might be a handful that 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 hit home, but most of them are it's that level. And there's a lot of bathroom humor, like a ton. Uh-huh. Like it's it like I had forgot like like I like when I posted on in the, the the our Facebook group that there or maybe I did this to my page. I don't remember, but um, no, I think it was in the group that uh that I had forgotten how much like weird awkward sex was in this movie. Oh, yes. but I but I but I hadn't forgotten how bad the jokes were. And even I had kind of forgotten how much toilet humor is, is in this. And I love toilet humor. So it's good. So he even like the Dracula calls for his mother and then he goes, she comes now the old bat. And it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the joke that I always bring up whenever we were talking about this movie in the past. So I was really surprised you didn't put that audio clip in here, but, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, "Oh, where's where, where's mother? Oh, there she is, the old bat." And it's an it's an actual bat that flies by. <laughs> an actual bat. Yeah. Well, okay. That's okay. This is a good opportunity to talk about that, Mo. So we do see a like the animal, a bat, in this uh, movie a few times, and I I shall say that it is not entirely convincing. Um, it might it's not be, at all convincing. It looks fucking terrible. I mean, it really does. Look, oh, it's, oh, it's beat to shit. Yeah. Admittedly, I don't mind that because I find that actually is amusing when they're using. Yeah, that that's a lot problems. funnier than than a lot of the other jokes are. Look, it's the most convincing uh, animal puppet you'll see this side of a David Rock Nelson movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so then we come uh, uh, we see a man and a woman driving into frame uh apparently they've been out on some sort of date together uh he opens the door and commands her to get out mo and they walk inside she says that she has had a wonderful time um we're given a little bit of information about them i guess they both work together at a paper or something is that what yeah what you yeah yeah now, the funny thing is, in my notes, I describe Mike as a total sleazeball. Okay, so that we should just mention, okay, this gentleman is named Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important. 
later to be renamed later but, to be renamed. Uh, but yeah currently he is mike and mike just immediately strikes you as just a total fucking dick bag yeah um and it's funny because later in the movie he proves just how much of a dick bag he is but uh but up to this point you're, it's just sort of speculation because he's just you know i mean like like you said he orders her out of the cards he's also as up. close as close as what as we have to a romantic lead in this movie right right and and i noticed that that the tone of this particular scene is very different than the rest of the movie is like this movie is this scene is very serious it's approaching romantic like they're mm-hmm. attempting but it, like like i said he's a fucking sleazeball so it's like you don't want to root too much for him but yeah so he calls her special and they give and he gives her a kiss you know but my my original thought was that this scene in particular i don't know how many more of the other ones but this scene in particular definitely struck me as probably being from the original it it does kind of give that impression yeah so they yeah. He, he yeah he hugs her and kiss and he leaves and she goes inside it's the end of a date apparently right. uh, and then we cut to Dracula, who is just sort of wandering around outside this same house. Um, he's basically, you know what? Dracula is being a dirty old man, I would say, in this case, Mo. Yes. Hey, describe how Dracula looks in this movie, Mo. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> he's he's wearing pretty traditional Dracula garb, you That's know, black, black suit, cape. Uh, medallion, although his medallion looks like he bought it off of a Rastafarian in Jamaica. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, by the way, that was a compliment. I think it looks cool as shit, but it doesn't work for Dracula. Uh, and he's constantly, you know, monologuing, you know, internal monologuing to himself. Uh, in this particular case, he is uh, trying to find a way to peek into the window of the redhead who uh, who is unnamed, by the way, in the entire movie. She, I thought her name was Anne. I think her name is Anne. Oh, and then if, if it's Anne, they mention it exactly one right. time, and mm-hmm. I missed it. Um, but yeah, so he does this really stupid thing where he, like, force, force shifts himself through a fence, um, which obviously is just a little movie magic, you know, <laughs> cut. Uh, to him popping over to the other side of the fence. And he even like announces that that's what he's going to do too. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to do the fence trick. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, he always announces everything he's doing or has just right. done. So that's, that's kind of unsurprising. Yeah. So Dracula looks, yeah. I think he looks markedly better than the Dracula in Al Adamson's Dracula versus Frankenstein. But uh, it's still, it's very much a late sixties version of Dracula. You know what I'm saying? Where, yeah, it, yeah he looks very much of that era. But yeah, but he yeah, does. It's, bas- it's basically a parody of the uh, the Bella Lugosi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's peeping in the window of Anne's house. Um, and in fact, as she, is, so he's looking at her through the window. What she, what is she doing? Actually, let me ask you, Mo. What is Anne doing as he's looking at her through the window? Uh, she is uh, kind of singing to herself while mm-hmm. she gets undressed in front of three mirrors. At once. Three mirrors. <laughs> so let's listen with to... Her, with her window wide open. <laughs> let's listen to some of this beautiful music. That's a catchy tune. <laughs> That's a catchy tune. So she's posing a little bit as she undresses. 
Um, and she even says yeah. to herself that she kind of wishes that Mike had stuck around. Mo. Why? Why is that? Why would she have wanted Mike to stick around? Oh, because she wants some of his dick. Yeah, yeah. She says that she can make him feel <laughs> so good, and that is late sixties yeah. before she wants uh, to fuck him and have him fuck her. Right. Yeah. So it's good right. stuff. So she poses yeah. endlessly in front of these mirrors. Um, and, and we're supposed to, as the audience, not only is Dracula peeping, but we, in some way, are also joining him in the peepery. Uh, and we well, are- this is, I mean, this, when you look at it, this is a pretty standard nudie cutie, you know, for, for the, for the age. Like, it's always some kind of, like, schlub who just happens upon, you know, somebody in the window. This scene, I should say. Yeah, not yeah, because it gets a little rough movie. a little bit later. Right, right. You know, and it's just some poor schlub who just happens to wander in front of a window and he looks in and of course there's a woman getting undressed. You know, I think I think the best example of that as far as like nudie cutie, quote unquote, horror is concerned is uh, please don't eat my mother, which is the (laughs) adult version of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that's basically all this is. So it's so weird because we also we not only get her humming. And making some jokes herself, but Dracula, of course, is still doing his routine. She brushes her right. hair at one point, and he goes, Ugh, "She looks like she got dandruff," which is such an odd fucking line to put into a it really is. potentially arousing scene. <laughs> yeah, and she ends with it. She yeah, goes, there, well, there, "Well, there's there's a moment too where like she like adjusts her underwear down, and like he makes a comment like, "What a weird way to wear your underwear." You know? <laughs> it is kind and, of a weird way to wear. And she and she and she pulls it back up and goes, "Oh, that's better." Yeah, I'm like, "What the fuck?" It, I mean, again, there's a lot of really odd stuff going on in this movie because, yeah. but it, I think at this point, at least, it's very clear it's meant to be arousing. We're supposed to be aroused, Mo, by what we're to be seeing. Titillated. Well, she eventually uh, says that there's a draft, and she says, "I better close the window before I lose my hum," which is like a joke about her humming. I don't really get it. Um, sure. And so she goes over to the window, and Dracula turns into a bat, Mo, and it is the fakest goddamn thing that you will ever, ever see. Like, the best part about this particular bat is that it was clearly, like, on a stick, and somebody (laughs) was laying on the ground, just kind of, like, shaking it back and forth to get the wings to go. Thank goodness it's a very short... Uh, very short shot of this thing because it's fucking terrible. Like in a great way, though. We then switch to the next day. Uh, Mike and Anne are coming out of a restaurant. I guess. I guess they've just had breakfast together. I think that's what we're. Yeah, because he, yeah, he mentions the night before that he'll see her at breakfast. So, which I actually assumed meant that he was going to go in and fuck her and spend spend the night. I mean, that is that is the code I- right. in, in the modern era, but maybe it just didn't exist in 1969. I guess not, but yeah, so he literally sees her at breakfast. Yeah, yeah, he does do that. So this part, as they're like kind of chatting as they leave the restaurant, it's all dubbed over. And there's a part where they kind of walk across a busy street. And it's like, it's weird because they have to keep making reference to the fact. It's like, watch out, Mike, don't watch out for traffic. It's very, very uh, uh, strange to watch. Why didn't they just cut as they left the restaurant? There's no need to show all this shit. Right. Well, the, because the movie's a hundred and because the movie's an hour and three minutes long, it's a short they movie. can't afford to cut any of it. So he does invite her out for a date, Mo, uh, and she wants to know where they're going because she wants to know how to dress, and he says that she should dress for a very formal drive-in movie. Ah, so they go into work, 
and uh, Mike goes over to his secretary. Mo, what's notable about his secretary in this scene? Um, <laughs> it's all right if you don't remember, Mo. I'll I'll remind I, you. I have no clue. Well. His secretary is wearing a very dumb hat in this scene. She's just oh, wearing a well, gigantic I mean, yeah. dumb hat. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I didn't realize that that's what you were going for here. Like, I don't know. I always feel like you're trying to trick me when you ask me stuff <laughs> like that. She's wearing a stupid hat, Mo, and it really did bother me. And they have a conversation about his love life, which is entirely inappropriate. And I think that one or both of them should go to HR about it. But that is not what's going to happen because this is Mad Men territory where you apparently can talk about how him and Anne are getting pretty thick. Yeah. There was a call, Mo. There was a call for Mike. Again, I don't know what kind of paper that they work for or whatever. It, it seems a little confusing. But he's been asked, Mo, to go out to Nelson's Landing because there's a Mr. Alucard who wants to reopen the mine there, Mo. Uh-huh. Well, this is really great because we get to hear him talk about this. Now, let's listen to Mike talk about this and see if you notice a little slip in the dialogue. Well, come on. We're wasting company time. Uh, what else does Mr. Hillary want? Well, he said for you to go out to Nelson's Landing. Uh, there's a Mr. Alucard there who wants to reopen the mine. That's an all-day trip. I won't be. Get, I won't get back until late this evening. <laughs> Cut. Take two. <laughs> no, no, we got it. We got it. What's great is in the, in what you're watching, he doesn't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. It's just the audio. Uh, anyway, so Mike has got to go out to Nelson's Landing. Going to check out Mr. Alucard. Uh, they apparently have asked specifically for him. Uh, I guess the implication is that Dracula saw him the night before or something while he was leaving Anne's house. I mean, I don't understand what the connection here is necessarily. Uh. <laughs> you don't seem too invested in the story, Mo. I'm not. Well, you know, because, uh. <laughs> because he has to go out for the rest of the day, as he mentioned, he then has to call Anne on the telephone and cancel their date together, which... Is is I mean again it, it's a natural thing for him to do but why did they have him set the date in the first place like well, why why is this an important plot thing to have dealt with at all it's not Mo you seem uh, exhausted by Dracula the dirty old man yeah we're like less than fifteen minutes into the movie and I'm already like dying it's um, it gets better. I, I mean, it so really does. It does, it does, in fairness. So remember I was saying before about how anytime Mike has internal monologue, oh, it's fuck. fucking tedious as shit. This is the goddamn worst. It actually before you get to that, Mo, I just want to mention the last thing he does before leaving the office is he picks up the telephone receiver and he holds it in front of himself and he and he quotes uh, Shakespeare by saying, To go or not to go, that is the question. Right. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> but yes, then he heads out to Nelson's uh, reach or whatever the fuck it is, and he just talks. Yeah. He just fucking talks, Mo. Yeah. So, like, because he's going out there about a mind, he makes shafted jokes left and right. Um, he goes and approaches this house to see if anybody's home there, and, like... He says every stupid little thing he's doing on all the way up. He looks in the window and he's like, "Oh, nobody could be living here. The house is caved in, you know. The you know the roof is caved in." Then he walks in, which is of course another fucking mining joke. <laughs> um, 
you know, he walks around the side and he's like, Oh, I didn't see there was a couple in there. Oh, you know, the things I saw in there, you know, and it's like, Jesus Christ, it's okay to have fucking 30 seconds of silence on the screen. Yeah. It's just, he's just talking complete nonsense, uh, making yeah. jokes about what ever is on screen. And it's obviously done in one take because there's nothing like prepped here. It's just, it's just someone rambling yeah. like a fucking uh, maniac. But Mo, eventually he does find something. Thank goodness. He finds Dracula's cave, Mo. Why does Dracula live in a cave? I, I have. No Doesn't Dracula clue. live in a castle? Well, I mean, I know Coffin Joe does. Coffin, that's true. <laughs> I wish this Dracula had such impressive fingernails, but he doesn't. Dracula does, however, rise from his coffin once again, Mo, and he goes, "Somebody call me. Ugh, I wonder who's Ooh. calling." Uh, he uses his magic powers repeatedly throughout this movie mode to close the coffin after he gets up. And, like, this is – they make a point of showing it every fucking time. Look, they spent a lot of money on that special effect. They're going to get their money out of it. They're going to get every shot they can out of it. Mike wanders around the cave. Mo eventually bumps into Dracula, and they have this exchange. Good evening. <laughs> Damn. Ooh, you scared me. Whew. It really, I mean, all of it, sometimes this narrator is talking to himself and it's just like, just filling as much of the time as possible. Just like then, right? Where he's like, oh, you scared me. Oh, you scared the hell out of me, right? It's just, it's just, it's like, uh, it's like if someone was trying to dub like a Japanese movie where obviously the pacing of the dialogue doesn't match English. So, you know, and it's kind of um, almost like a joke. That, that there's a lot of, ah, oh, ooh, ah, like that, right? To fill up the extra time. In this case, he right. just keeps rambling until the character stops talking and then the next person starts. Mm-hmm. It isn't very good is what I'm trying to get at, Mo. You're correct, sir. So anyway, uh, Alucard and Mike finally meet up. As you can imagine, they have a very stupid exchange of dialogue. Eventually, Alucard gets sick of this discussion, tells Mike to look at his Rasta necklace that you were referring to earlier. <laughs> um, at one point, Mike grabs it, uh, the necklace, and Alucard says, you do turn me on. Uh, and Mike is rapidly hypnotized by it. In fact, then uh, Alucard says, take my hand and you'll find I am a stranger in paradise. I don't know why he says that. <laughs> yeah. So... Anyway, this is a very important sequence. It basically lays the groundwork for the rest of the movie. Alucard needs women. Not Mars, Alucard. Alucard needs women brought to his cave. He is going to get Mike to do it, but he's not going to be doing it in the form of Mike. Mo, what's he going to be doing it as? Well, he so, so Dr. Acula um, tells Mike that he's going to turn him into a novice jackalman. A jackal, or no. jackal man, yeah. What is a jackalman, Mo? Uh, I presume that it's like a werewolf, but with a jackal instead of a wolf. Except in this case, it's just a werewolf. It's just a fucking werewolf, yeah. So, but I love the fact that like there are like levels of jackal man. You know, like he starts off as a novice mm-hmm. jackal man. Boy, the movie sure is amused by that fucking fact. Um, oh yeah, they say it all the fucking time. So he christens. Mike, uh, as a werewolf. Yeah, he says he's going give to give him a new name. His new name. And his new name is, well, let's listen. You like that? Irving Jekyllman. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. Irving 
you say. Now listen to this. That's good. I'm glad you understand. And on the way out, <laughs> all right. <laughs> he says, and on the way out, and then he just has a laughing fit, even though it makes no sense, and then does not even finish the thought at all. He just goes, all right. <laughs> yeah, the dude obviously fucked up, and it's just in the movie, Mo. Yeah. And then he uses his Dracula magic to open the coffin, get back inside of it. Uh, and he goes, going to take a little schnooze before the girls get here. Okay. I, lo- I, I That's actually a running joke in the movie that I actually get a huge kick out of. Even though it's so stupid, it makes me laugh. Um, that at, like at the beginning of every scene, he gets out of the uh, out of the coffin, and at the end, he goes back in, and I just it just makes me laugh how fucking stupid that is, and they do it over and over again. It's particularly strange because we discover in very short order that Dracula has some amazing teleportation abilities. Yeah, like he can't just, it's not that he can just teleport himself. He can apparently teleport groups of people back to his cave very easily. Right, and he or he can teleport people back to his cave without him being needing to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Mike, uh, in Mike form, leaves the cave. He, he doesn't apparently have any memory of what occurred. He thinks it was just a dream or something like that. It's just he has a bad headache, and the name Irving Jackalman is just uh, rolling around his head again and again. And he keeps, because, again, his, his inner monologue continues, he keeps saying, it's like, if I could only remember that day in December. If I, like, it's just complete fucking twaddle. Um, right. But he eventually gets in his car, and he leaves this, uh, this location, Mo. Yep. Later on, Mike arrives... Somewhere, I guess he's leaving work. I think that's the impression that we're supposed to get. Is the impression is that he's leaving work. Yeah, okay. it's just a door on a wall that he gets comes out of, and he uh, he chats uh, for a little bit with a guy that I guess he works with. They they smoke together, um, and Mike basically the whole point is just to show that Mike is feeling kind of lousy, right? And then Mike starts to walk along a wall, Mo, and this goes right into that toilet humor that you love oh so very much. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Mike? Um, well, why don't you play the clip? Let's play the clip! <laughs> oh, those stomach cramps. Oh, I gotta find a toilet. Oh, do I have to go? Oh, I hope I can make it. Oh, God, I... Oh, I know this. If I can just squeeze, squeeze. Oh, so you got to take a shit, I guess, Mo. You know the fu- the funny thing is like that's almost like Bugs Bunny as <laughs> oh that folk, you know, like, that like, like the deli- like the delivery uh, uh, how he's doing that is it's it's very Bugs Bunny esque and, and like the delivery is funny but the joke's not <laughs> uh, so almost immediately almost immediately here so yeah he's he's looking for a fucking toilet he's he needs to take a shit whatever. Uh, Immediately after, we get another real quick shot of the bat flying. Yes, and and, and we just get the briefest of overdubbing, where all we hear is them say "little devil." <laughs> By the way, Mike um, Mike's stomach cramps. It ends with him collapsing in a pile of trash cans. Yeah, that happens a lot for him. Yeah, he's he's garbage. So, but yes, we see the bat. Um, by the way, sometimes in this movie when some action happens which requires sound effects, it sounds like it's a person making the sound effect with their mouth. Do you notice that, Mo? I, you know, I hadn't noticed that, but 
I wouldn't be surprised. It happens a few times in the movie. It's something to look out for. So uh, then we see the same door uh, as before, I guess, leaving the office. And Mike's secretary, who was wearing that stupid hat, she leaves the office and locks the door. Uh, And this is where, by the way, I first noticed it sounds like a person's voice making the locking sound as she locks the door. (laughs) It's so fucking weird. She starts to walk by that very same wall we saw moments ago, Mo. And who does she encounter? Oh, she encounters Irving Jackalman. This isn't offensive, us doing this stereotypical Jewish old man voice. Not at uh, all. Not at all. You can't say it's offensive, folks. You can't. You can not. Anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> she is attacked by Irving Jackalman, and you might think that he's going to, like, hurt her or, uh, or do something. All he does is kind of approach her. She immediately passes out. He grabs her in his arms, and Dracula is there. He just fucking teleports there. Yeah. And so Dracula just uses teleporting powers to teleport her back to his cave. This is factually accurate, yes. (laughs) Mo, if you're surprised by the fact that I'm just saying what's going on in the movie, that is literally what this podcast is. (laughs) 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 He does tell Irving uh, Jackalman that he wants two more for tonight, one for dinner, and one for... For supper, and yes, then we are uh, brought back to Dracula's cave, and this part I actually found very amusing, which is that he is trying to uh, tie her up uh, uh, to a piece of wood that is uh, that is on the side of the cave wall. Yeah, it's a bit because I can. I, as I was watching it, I was like, "Boy, Bill Zabub would be popping a boner right now watching this." Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're crucifying women left and right in this one, <laughs> but. Like, he's having a little bit of difficulty because she's floppy and unconscious. And uh, so she is obviously visibly helping him. And the voiceover is like, oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The other funny thing about this is not really funny, but just it's actually kind of mean in that he's kind of like talk shit about this woman. He's like talking about how she's not that great looking. And I think he specifically is referring to the fact that her breasts are not large enough for him. Oh, he's con he yeah. constantly like comments about breast size in this. So he t- he he uh, ties her up, starts removing her shirt and removes her bra and starts kissing across her chest. This brings us since this is the first bit of this kind of nudity, we should talk about that, Mo. The the sexuality What how rape how fucking rapey this movie so is. So there's going to be a lot of sexual assault. From here until the end of the movie. Some more explicit than others. This particular one is a little bit... There there will become a point where she'll actually respond to him in a positive way. Which will say, like, lower please. That kind of thing. It's obviously all dubbed over. It is kind of uncomfortable. But it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's for fucking sure. Yes. So he says a lot of stupid jokes as he's kissing her. And he he says, I I lost my contact. That sort of shit. Uh, And then... He says, really, one of the epic lines of this entire movie. Let's have a listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm going to I'm going to give you a kiss like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> right here in your good place. Right here in your good place. <sighs> he bites her breast, Mo. Yeah. Then he does the greatest thing that's happened in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a good moment. This I, I will admit. I think this is the defining moment for this movie for me. Maybe, maybe. 
So Dracula wants to laugh, I guess, maniacally after after this assault that he's just done. And uh, for the purposes of this movie, of course, that means that the person dubbing it also has to laugh for an extended period of time. And that sounds a little bit like this. <laughs> Oi, got me another one there. Oh, oh, oh. You're me. Oh, oh, oh. oh, my goodness. Buddy. Oh, oh, oh. You. Oh, oh, oh. What did he say at the end? I think he says, I gotta be sick. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very silly moment in a very silly movie, but I will say it's one of the only, I think, legitimate parts parts of the movie where I was laughing with it as a long, uh, as opposed to laughing at it. At it. Right. Jesus Christ. I can't speak, Mo. I don't know what I'm doing. How could I ever become a podcast host if I don't know how to talk words right? Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, we're just going to make it work. So... We, uh, I mean, we've been doing it for six fucking years. <laughs> why, why stop now? The question is, why am I not getting any better? <laughs> <laughs> so we see a uh, a goofy guy and uh, a girl, and um, I think are they in a car? Is that what's going on here? I can't remember. They're trying. Yeah, yeah. They're in the process of getting into a car. Yes. And uh, we we get a uh, a jackalman attack. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Tears the throat out of the uh, of the gentleman. We get a close up and of that. runs around. It's, it's a pretty gory yep, effect. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a decent effect. It's you know for the time. It's like it's that super red Technicolor blood. Yeah, but I actually love that, so that's fine by me. Um, and then he runs around to the other side of the car to uh, to to try to snag the woman because keeping in keep in mind the entire time that Irving, as we'll call him, um, is trying to find women for. Dracula, he's also kind of hoping to get the woman himself. Right. Um, he's a horny jack. You know, and it be- yeah, and it becomes a bigger and bigger thing as the movie progresses. At this point, it's not so much. It's, it does progress. It really does. It is weirdly tempered by some by some things that happened before that. And right. it's, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal until it becomes the biggest deal to end the fucking movie. It becomes a huge fucking deal, yeah. So he runs around the car to try to grab the girl, and she disappears right as he's kind of pinned her against the car. And she's whisked away back to uh, Alu- Alucard. I guess his power only requires the uh, jackalman to touch her, and then he can. Or to be. It seems like he only yeah. really needs to be near her. See, see, I mean, it is a very useful power, but it does seem to kind of prelude the need for a jackalman at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, Dracula ties this one up as well. Uh, at one point, he goes, yeah, another crucifixion. Yeah, he goes, put your hand up, Ellen, because she's not moving <laughs> into the thing. I like that. Uh, and, you know, he as he's doing this, he's always referring to Irving Jackalman. So you will get sick of hearing that name, by the way, by the end of this movie. As you oh, yeah. as you were saying before, it's like, oh, this is, he's a good novice Irving Jackalman. I'm going to make him like a next level Irving Jackalman. Yeah. Um, so uh, and he he keeps referring to the fact that this woman is better than the first one. Although he does poke fun at her hair and, and asks when's the last time she shampooed it was. It, oh, and then he gets and then he gets super raped. He does, and then at one point he tells her to say, I like it, I like it. And she does, though her voice yeah. is just appears to be his voice making a woman's uh voice. Yeah. Um <laughs> he's he kisses across her belly button and he goes, I've got to get my glasses fixed. I can't see nothing without my glasses. Oh, there she is. <sighs> 
And then he turns into a bat before biting her breast. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I like, is he like draining a lot of blood out of their breasts? Who knows? I inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, well, look up the, you know, go read the Midnight Star. <laughs> so, uh, back in the city. This movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're halfway through. Yeah, we're halfway through. We are. And in fact, it's getting better from here on out. Yeah, this is yeah, from this point on, with the exception of the rapiness, it's it's actually a much better movie. And by the exception, we mean that is actually most of what's gonna be going on from that. Point. Yeah, sadly, it is. But so we see Irving Jackelman. <laughs> He's out doing his duties. He's hiding behind a barrel outside of a house. A woman comes out. She's taking out the trash. At one point, she knocks something off of a barrel, and it lands on his head. <laughs> I got a kick out yeah, of it. Yeah, me that. too. Uh, he then gets up, chases after her, chases her into the house where her husband tries to stop him. He kills the husband. Right. Now, there's now there's some really weird editing in this movie. Oh, and this is, boy. This is... I mean, there's one in particular yeah. later that is just fucking ridiculous. But this particular one is bad, too, because we see all of a sudden they're in the house and all of a sudden the husband's dead. Yes, exactly. We don't see any of it. We just see the aftermath of it. And all, all it cuts to is uh, it just cuts right to Jackalman, um, you know, kind of like strip fighting her. Yes. So she's he's know, basically like he removing pulled, her clothes because yeah. she was in a dressing robe initially. He pulls that off. Right. Uh, he, he At some point, she gets knocked unconscious and he takes off her underwear. Uh, it's, this is all very unpleasant to watch. Uh, of course, he's making these stupid jokes the entire time. Um, and then at some point while he's undressing her, she wakes up and starts to struggle, which just leads to more jokes, Mo. But that's the thing, though. Like when she wakes up. Like, before she starts really freaking out, she asks him if he's engaged. Yeah, uh, she goes, are you engaged or anything? Yeah, it's, it's very... Again, the voiceover is not is not presenting what you're seeing, right? It's all meant to make a right. joke out of everything. So at one point, he does introduce himself to her, and it sounds like this. My name is Irving Jekyllman. What's yours? <laughs> I'm a novice Jekyllman. <laughs> you devil. You playing hard to get, aren't you? Huh? I'm a crazy gypsy. <laughs> she does, she does call him a crazy gypsy, though I don't know if that was an actual woman's voice. Um, yeah, so, it's again, it's just constant chatter about him being a, a novice jackalman. Uh, but he, he is raping her. There is one notable element of this, which is that he never takes his pants off when he does this. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a pretty common theme throughout the entire movie is any sex scene that involves a man, they are pretty much fully dressed. They're pretty much fully dressed. It, it, again, yeah. Bill Zabub must have been very inspired by this movie. But there is one other notable thing, which I'm sure you're about to mention. <laughs> well, he, but yeah, so he bites her neck and kills her. Um, and then he, then after that, he continues fucking her. Yes. Uh, and he asks, and he makes a joke saying, is this how you do artificial respiration? He's like, well, it doesn't matter. It makes me breathe. Yeah, it makes me breathe hard anyway. Oh, I'm like, oh, Jesus And then Christ. as he leaves, he goes, easy come, easy go. Uh, and then he Jackalman. he leaves and, and the camera like lingers on the corpses of both of the people. It's actually a little disturbing. Yeah. 
And it, oddly as well, Jackalman seems a little upset as he leaves. When he goes outside, he like throws the trash around. Well, he's always kind of angry. He's a very disgruntled Jackalman. That's right. Well, I mean, he's still a novice. What are you going to do? Exactly. We see a woman, Mo, and her car... Shrug, shrug, shrug shoulders, freeze frame, credit. <laughs> we see a woman. <laughs> she's driving along and she gets a flat tire. And we see Irving Jackalman watching her from behind some trees. Um, and she says, nobody around to save me. We see her like, actually, the strange thing is someone <laughs> stops to try to help her. Yeah, somebody does stop to help her. She's like, nah. Nope. She refuses to help. Probably because he looks like a scumbag. I kind of love the fact that she that they have her say that. And then like, she's not even the one who gets caught. This is a really you strange. Know? <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird. Like, you would think like, okay, well, he's going to snag her there at the car. And he tries to. But he. And he tries to like, there's this constant him trying to snag this one particular woman. Like she's the luckiest woman in this entire movie. So she apparently walks to a very close gas station. Uh, right. She asks an attendant there for help and he cannot help her. It's, this is so strange to talk about because the original dialogue is obviously not what we're hearing, but for whatever reason, he's unable to help her. Uh, and then she asks it to use the telephone booth. She goes and does that, and as that happens, we see another car pull up to this gas station, uh, and they ask for one gallon of gas, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that's funny, too, yeah. And the woman who's in the car, she goes to use the ladies' room. So now we got two women in play mode. This is the most complex sequence in the entire movie. Bum, bum, bum. Irving, Jackalman, <laughs> is hiding behind a bush while the first girl uses a payphone. And he goes up to her. Yeah, and he try yeah, he tries to run up to her, but she closes the door of the pay booth of the of the phone booth before he can get she there. She doesn't see him. Which some somehow stops yeah. him. And he he goes, it must be a private call. And then he goes, A bird in the bush is worth one in the booth. Doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. Yeah. She finishes her call and uh she she actually wanders right by him, but as she does that, the second woman is about to go into the ladies' room and he grabs her instead. Yeah. And as soon as he grabs her, she passes out. Yup. Yup. Well, this now, Mo, <clears throat> is a very important part of the movie where Irving brings her to Alucard. Uh, but this is the first time that we see Irving bringing a woman directly to the cave. They're both in the cave, Mo. Very important. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, Count Dracula, Mo, introduces himself to her, and he gives us some very important information. It sounds a little like this. Don't worry. I am Count Dracula, which is Alucard backwards. <laughs> so you can call me Ali. Uh, I, I feel like sometimes the voiceover forgets that he's ever supposed to be Alucard. Like that one, I honestly think that he introduces himself as Count Dracula, and then the voiceover person remembers that he's supposed to be Alucard. So he's like, which is Alucard backwards. Because <laughs> like what does that information mean To a person that didn't know That they were supposed to be Alucard in the first place Right right They have a pleasant conversation He ends up slapping her across the face Irving Jackalman asks if he can have this one um, And Alucard says I think that he can have the next one Is that what's going on here I think so But he still does try to have his way with it Yeah, so uh, Alucard undresses her And ties her up while uh, while Jackalman watches And he starts groping her uh, And comments about her breast size Because of course um, yeah. And then he, he does talk to Jackalman saying that he can have a woman of his own But then he frees her um, 
and uh, and then she runs off. He kind of lets her run off. Right. It's kind of weird. So she she escapes a little bit. She sees the bite marks on the other women who are still tied up there, and she um, and she she starts to run run away. But she can't because Irving blocks her at every at every turn. Right. And be and and I believe it's for this that he gets upgraded to a second class jackal. <laughs> this is what what gets him his promotion. Yeah. Yeah. So Irving then catches her and he puts her on like a mattress and he right. rapes her while Dracula watches. Exactly. Yeah. So this what are this is kind of unpleasant actually. And when I say kind of, I mean very unpleasant. Very. Yeah. And uh, and we, actually, we watch Irving, weird movies. Yeah, we sure do, Mo. <laughs> we. we you know, I remember. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have an aside here for a moment because I, I was just reminded of something that used to happen a lot, uh, and I, and I kind of wonder if the answer has changed. Now, I remember talking to your wife at one point, or talking to you about something that your wife used to say. Uh, whenever you would talk about like what kind of movies you watch on the show, she would always mention Ant Farm Dickhole. Yes. Does she still mention Ant Farm Dickhole, or or is she upgraded to one of the other more ridiculous movie titles that we've? covered since the thing is i even sometimes like if someone's asking me it's like it's like i heard you watch strange movies i'm like yeah you know we watch it depending on what your perspective on strange is right it's good to have a go-to one that they probably haven't heard of that they that just has a lurid title to give you an idea oh this must be pretty fucked up and our and from dickhole is a good one to pull out for something like that that right. and suburban sasquatch yeah, are yeah, usually yeah. my two big ones but <laughs> of course the, the funny thing about that is that and from dickhole only exists because of its title. Suburban right. Sasquatch actually lives up entirely to its title. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, so, I, I usually uh, I usually just mention whatever the last movie we covered was. <laughs> well, again, Jesus Christ Serial Rapist is the one that you I guess you could pull out of the bag, but that's yeah. one you have to be careful about the company that you're right, in. Right, right. Yeah, well, especially where I am now. <laughs> You mean you're you're in uh, you're in uh, uh, God's country there in uh, in Florida? They certainly like to think so. <laughs> All, right. All right. Anyway, back back to the movie. <laughs> so one of the prisoners comes to. Um, they tie up the woman that was just raped, uh, who's now unconscious. Alucard asks if Irving is hungry, uh, and tells him to take a rest. And then he says to Irving that if they find if he finds another girl, perhaps she can be all. His and then he makes him vanish for some reason. Yeah, this next part is so fucking weird. <laughs> we see a woman and a man. The man seems to be much older than the woman, but this is the 1960s, so who can fucking tell? This is legit uh, my favorite scene in the entire movie. This is so such fucking a fucking stupid. strange thing to have. Okay, so yeah. this is a man and a woman. They, I guess, have just finished a date. They're making out, uh, like they're really making out, and he is like undressing her and t- saying, "Make yourself more comfortable." Um, and he talks about they, like moving in. Yeah, he, he yeah. So apparently they've been together for a while. He talks about moving in, and then he does some dirty talk with her, Mo. And this is what it sounds like. It's so fucking weird. Is your mother here tonight? Yeah, she's right behind you. <laughs> Watch, mommy. <laughs> watch mommy so so yeah you know so so he he continues to to attempt to to get her to take Excuse off her clothes the like, timeless act of seduction mo right right but it turns into like this fight 
And I and I love the fight so much that I almost kind of wish you had grabbed that one too, because he because she says she says to him, well, you know, like she said that he doesn't turn her on. Yeah, she goes. <laughs> so, I guess, she goes. I guess I'm just not in the mood, or you don't turn me on, or something, which is makes him very very angry. Yeah, and he goes, you know, Susan, you make me sick. <laughs> he fucking walks off. I think I have a bit of his dialogue before you, we get to oh, her. Oh, good, good. So let's have a little listen to what happens there. You make me sick. Kiss my ass. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he gets pissed off and leaves. Then she says, kiss my ass, bastard. Right. And then what happens, Mo? Well, she does the only natural thing that a woman in this situation would do and proceeds to get the rest of the way undressed and start touching herself. You know? She starts masturbating in a way that... It, that's that's very indicative were- of uh, of 1960s softcore. Like, if anybody's familiar with, like, you know, the lesbianism of the day where it meant licking her belly button, you know, um, or uh, or the masturbation of the time, which meant rubbing your belly button. Like, yeah, apparently right. back in the 60s, the belly button was a very erogenous zone. Um, so yeah, so she's basically, you know, she, she, she fondles her breasts a little bit, but she basically just ends up rubbing her belly. Yeah. She says rubbing herself all over and, uh, and then (laughs) the strangest part of this entire movie happens. The greatest smash cut of all time. Okay. So it should be noted that as she starts to, uh, quote unquote masturbate, she's sitting up, she's sitting up. The, The film quality starts to get really rough while this is happening. Um, it starts like the the print starts to get really shaky. There's a lot of damage shown, and then it suddenly cuts to uh, Irving Jackleman apparently giving her oral sex. I mean, that's I think what we're supposed to be seeing. Here. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 I was saying before, he's basically like kissing her belly, which is yeah. the '60s equivalent of softcore oral sex. Yeah. There's no transition here. It's There's just none. smash she's, cut. She's, she's touching herself, and suddenly he's between her legs. Yeah. And she is saying, Larry, is that you? As if she can't see this person. Right. We don't, again, I don't know why. Larry was the guy who just left, right. I think. So apparently she wanted him to come back because she got herself all turned but, I, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing the, the that, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the film stock degraded and they lost a portion of the film, which is fine because it made this version of the film that much more bizarre and created the greatest scene in this movie. So if you want to get a sense of how this culminates, uh, it sounds a little something like this. Yeah. That's so. a good scream. That was a good scream. Oh, it's a great scream. It's a quality scream. Yeah. Just to, you know, look. This is the highlight of the entire movie, so I'm glad it was it. <laughs> yeah, it's it that that and Dracula's laughing. That that those are the best. It, it's just downhill from here at this point. We go back to the cave. Dracula is kind of looking over the women that are tied up there. It is, I do like I do like the fact that they that they get physically more degraded as time goes by, which, yeah, which they do in the classic '60s sense of basically just painting them gray. <laughs> it is funny though because. The suggestion, I think, is that the time gone by has been like a day, right? Or a couple of days at most. Yeah, yeah. 
there is a really funny thing here. It, so one of the women obviously is unconscious, if not dead, and tied up to the to the uh, piece of board. But you can see like her hair is moving a little bit. Right. And Dracula comments on this. He's like, I wonder why her hair is moving in this cave. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some sort of wind or air kind of coming through. Kind right. of funny. Um, he's upset still at the quality of the first two women for whatever reason. He uses his vampire magic to open the coffin. Uh, decides to take a little snooze until Irving Jackalman comes back. So this was a entirely superfluous scene. Oh, completely. Yes. Hey, man, uh, Mo, remember Mike, the character of Mike? I do remember Mike. He's been Irving Jackalman for the entirety of the movie, pretty much, uh, at this point. But now we discover that Mike can apparently at some points uh, of the day turns back into Mike again. Well, I think the impression is that he's supposed to turn back into Mike during the day. But they hadn't shown that yet. We've never seen that actually <laughs> yeah. happen. But we do see a car pull up to a very empty drive-in. <laughs> and it's Mike. Mike is driving it. Uh, he is complaining about having a bad headache. I was going to say, given, given how dark it is, I could only assume that it was a real drive-in that they went to after the last film played. Very very possibly. Yeah. Uh, he's there with Anne, his, his beau. Uh, and he says that he has a headache, but he's going to go into the snack bar to get some Cokes. Um and Anne does seem a little worried about him, and he goes in and he orders two Cokes, a couple of hot dogs, and what are you doing after the show? That's what he says to the... Uh, and that the that's that's like the linchpin right there. That is like, the this guy is a fucking creep, and now we know it. But again, this is dubbed over dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He starts to... He almost runs into someone, by the way, as he leaves the snack bar. He's walking back to the car... And he's like, he has those stomach cramps again. He goes, I know I shouldn't have eaten that Japanese food. <laughs> the Japanese food's so good. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, he, he suddenly stops and he turns into a jackalman. Or more accurately, his hands turn into big, funny gloves. I love that he gets super pissed off that he drops his hot dogs. <laughs> he's very upset about ruining that food. Yes. <laughs> Then it cuts back to Dracula opening the coffin, and Dracula says this. Now listen to see if you can hear the little mistake that's made. <laughs> I bet it's Irving Jackalman. I bet it's Irving Jackalman. Irving Jackalman stuff. Better go check on the lot, please. <sighs> Mo, there's like, this is like the final ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite something. Uh, so it cut. The reason it cuts to Dracula here to, to say this nonsense is because they don't want to show Irving Jackalman turning into Irving Jackalman. So when they cut back, he's now mm. transformed entire, entirely uh, to the Jackalman. Anne is wondering what's taking him so long while she's just sitting in the car. Um, he walks towards the car and he's walking in a very strange manner. So of course the voiceover says, "My shorts are too tight to make me walk funny." Um, Anne gets out of the car and she's immediately attacked, attacked by the Jackalman. Uh, she tries to fight him, but uh, he corners her and she passes out. So he grabs her, and that brings her, them back to the uh, cave where Dracula says, Come to me, my melancholy. Oh, there you are. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is it, man. This is the, this is the uh, culmination of everything that has happened. This is the, the big, big finale. Well, finale. Yeah, I was looking at the big climax. The I was climax. It's kind of like that. It's a big set piece to finish this whole thing off. Yes, yeah, set piece. 
Yeah, let's say that. Uh, he uses Dracula this time uses his magic power to make her clothes vanish instead of actually undressing her. I don't know why he and he comments on it too. He goes, "Oh, what do you think of that magic?" <laughs> Uh, he lays her down, I think, on the filthy mattress that is in there for some reason. He starts kissing her, and he's dangling his necklace over her. At one point, he kisses his own necklace by mistake and comments and on comments that on well. it. Yeah, oh, I actually thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, in Irving's uh, inner monologue, he starts to complain that Dracula keeps all the good ones for himself. Right. Well, I think deep down, Jackalman knows that he's actually Mike, and that this is his woman. Yeah, you're right, right, okay. Wow, you are attributing a lot more uh, uh, knowledge and a lot more kind of subtext to this than is actually presented in the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, none of this is actually what's happening. This is just where I'm kind of taking it. Um, And at one point does run away. Uh, and in and fact, she, this but, is, but it's super weird too because she's like yeah. giggling and laughing the whole. It's really way. strange. So they've dubbed over her laughing while she's yeah. running away, even though like her character is obviously supposed to look scared. Right. Uh, by the way, as she runs off, Dracula says that this is going to lead him to bust uh, Irving down to novice Jacqueline. Right. Uh, surf music plays on the soundtrack as she runs through the cave, uh, including what sounds very much like the Batman theme. <laughs> <laughs> There's and there's weird shit too. Like this is like a a really weird like chase scene too. Because she'll just stop. Yeah. For no fucking reason. Yep. You know, and then Dracula will show up and she'll start running again. She's totally naked except for her shoes, by the way. Yeah, I'm okay with that part. Uh, at some point, she uh, <laughs> hits hits a dead end. Uh, she does start screaming. Uh, she sees that Dracula's there. He turns into a bat and says. Uh, I'm coming to get you and bites her neck and then she collapses. Right. Yeah. This is, this is one of those things like this is actually a pretty neat scene. Like as far as like, if they could have had, <laughs> if they could have had the effects to do it, it would have been neat. Uh, it sucks the way they did it, but uh-huh. like, so, so, so he, he, he's Dracula and then he puts his, his cape out, turns into a bat, chases after her, catches her as a bat and then turns back into Dracula again to like actually physically apprehend her. And I thought that was neat, you know, like it's not good, but it's, it's, you know, it, it could have worked. And then he brings her back to the filthy mattress and rapes her through his own pants. Yeah. While this is happening, Irving does try to interrupt, uh, and Dracula continually slaps him away. Um, and, Irving does not stop, so at some point, Dracula throttles him, and then he uses his vampire magic to make a rock appear in his hand, and he slams it into Irving's head. Now, the funny thing about this, Mo, is that before he slams it into his head, there's already blood on the rock for something. I was going to ask you if you noticed anything weird about that rock. <laughs> so he, yeah, so he smashes Irving's head, knocks him unconscious, I guess, though we don't know that at this point, and then, then he takes a look, Mo, at the beautiful... Dark sky, because it's supposed to be nighttime, I guess. Uh, and well, anyway, let's just have a little listen to what he says. Gonna go out with the fresh air and look, but, but, but because if I look up in the sky, in the beautiful black sky, and I'm going to feel so good. And, oh, my goodness! Oh, it did it! The happy, oh, I'm gonna dissolve. I'm gonna turn into something terrible. You wouldn't believe I look up. Oh, look at all of that crazy bit in the sky with the light. Oh, you I'm glad that we have some extended oh, nonsense here for people to listen to. So, what happens is that Dracula. Who I forgot, by the way, 
could not go out in sunlight. Somehow I forgot that that was actually an issue in this movie. <laughs> he, 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 after, he got, oh my God, he sounds like fucking Professor Frank. <laughs> Here he really does. It gets kind yeah. of Jerry Lewis-ish. Uh, he, he looks up in the sky, notices that the sun, I guess, is already up, runs back into the cave. I, I'm sorry. Did you say he gets Jerry Lewis, Lewis-esque? Uh, correction. It gets Sammy Petrillo-esque. All right. All right. <laughs> let's, let's calm down. The Blaven. true, the true champion. So he runs back into his coffin, and then we get a shot of his hand, which has become a skeleton hand. So I guess his brief exposure to sunlight was enough to kill him. Yeah, but then the whole coffin disappears. Then the whole coffin vanishes, <clears throat> uh, as well as the women that are tied up, uh, and all that's left is his necklace on the ground. Right. Then Irving wakes up. And he's Mike again, uh, though he does have fangs for some reason. <laughs> this, okay, so th- look, this is the end of the movie, folks. This is like the very end, this part that's happening. And if you thought it was just going to be kind of a straight, oh, the couple, they reunite and leave, that is not what's going to happen here. It's actually this very is, fucking weird. Yeah, I was going to say, this is actually just, I mean, this, honestly, this is just as fucked up as any of the fucking This is rape super scenes. fucked up. Yeah. So Anne wakes up. She, she is still there. Um, even though she was bitten on the neck, I believe, by Dracula. I guess that's not enough. Anyway, so Mike wakes up. Anne wakes up. She puts on her dress and notices Mike on the ground. Remember, she did not know that Irving Jacklemann was Mike. And she goes, what are you doing here? He w- he starts to complain that he has a headache. And, Mo, what do they do then? Well, then they fuck. Yeah, they fuck. They On that filthy mattress where she was raped just moments before. Right, exactly. It's like... They undress and have sex in the cave. It's so batshit. By the way, he's still wearing pants while he's doing this. Yeah, of course. Well, at least, you know, this is the one time in the movie that they make an attempt to show that he's trying to get his dick out. Because, like, (laughs) like, you see him unzip his fly. I mean, not from the front. You see it from the back. Thank goodness. But, um, yeah. But still... I thought for all the world that they were going to start having sex and then we were going to see that he had like the furry hands or that he was starting to turn into Irving um, Jacqueline again. But no, the only thing that happens is the camera tilts up uh, to the uh, ceiling of the cave and we see the shadow of a bat. <sighs> the end. That's the, the end. The of merciful this end. Of Dracula, the dirty old man from the year 19... 19- 69. The nice. year of our Lord, yes. The year that punk broke. Uh, <laughs> it's a, that, so that's actually the closest to accurate so far. <laughs> uh, it, Mo, you prepared me for this movie by mentioning it on several previous episodes. Yes. I have to say, this is a very poor movie. Uh, yeah. By, not necessarily by design, but they, because of the circumstances behind its creation, it ended up being bad in a kind of unique way as opposed to right. just being just sort of generally bad all the sexual assault i do find a little difficult to watch though it is kind of par for the course of the the rougher uh nudie movies yeah, at this time yeah, period. yeah but i have to say mo i wasn't unentertained during it no I did, it has it has its moments i mean i found it aside from the sexual uh stuff which which was unpleasant i actually found it a fairly easy watch and i think a lot of that is attributed to a the fact that it's very weird it's not funny but it's very weird and b that it's only an hour long right it is super short so that's very merciful 
Um, although, you know, the funny thing about this movie is like there, there, there have only been in my history with something weird video. There have only been two movies that the late great Mike Vrainy um, has ever told me not to buy. And of course, I bought them both immediately. <laughs> um, and that's and, and we should actually cover the other one at some point, too, because that I find I th- that other one's grown on me. But uh, but I, and I'll I'll say them both. But it's it's Dracula, the dirty old man. He he definitely he said he said, look, you're it, it's stupid, you know. Like there are better movies to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course I bought it. And the other one was uh, God Monster of Indian Flats, <laughs> which, which I think it has uh, a reputation that precedes it. It absolutely does, uh, which is funny because it didn't when I picked it up and like it's sort of become this cult thing since. And I like to think that I had some I have something to do with that a little bit, but because I talk about it everywhere. Um, but yeah, and we should definitely cover that at some point. Uh, but yeah, those are the two movies that Mike that Mike Rainey said to me. Yeah, you don't you don't want those. <laughs> so, of course, I bought them both. This isn't the kind of thing we dip into very often, these kind of movies. I mean, this, for all intents and purposes, we have to guess, probably played in drive-ins. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's not the kind of thing. Most of the movies that we cover on this show certainly never get anything close to a theatrical release. Right. But the unique aspects of this one make me glad that we have covered it. It's obviously very, very low budget. And when they lost the ability to make a straight movie, uh, it, fe- it feels like the attempt to fix that is even more low budget. So right. I like I like the kind of threadbare aspects of it and I find it kind of um it's kind of fun to talk about. But like I said before, the story behind its making I think is a little more interesting than the movie itself. Like it tries to be funny. It fails every step of the way except for that laughing Dracula scene, which I do find very amusing. <laughs> well I mean uh, honestly I think there's a handful like there's not a lot there's a handful of videos that something weird puts out that I think would be perfect fodder for this show right um uh, this one's obvious uh like honestly body beneath really isn't like I don't that's think it, it was it was good fodder for for the show uh, but we did it and it well it was, was more great. again that was a special thing I think it was actually, a special thing, and we did yeah. it as a commentary I mean I and, and right. because it was a unique thing I think it was great as a one-off this feels more in line with the kind of Garbage right, right. That we talk about exactly, and and God Monster of Indian Flats definitely falls into that as well. And there's a couple more. I'd, I'd have to sit and think, um, you know, to, to to really remember which ones would fit with us. But I, honestly, I think I, I like so far so good. Like we, I mean, <laughs> we, we we got one of one of the two that I can think of off the top of my head. Like I mean, I wouldn't mind doing stuff like just for the hell of it right. um which is so low budget like i mean the movie's just the same scene over and over and over again you know kids show up they trash the room that they're in they leave they show up someplace else they trash the room they're in they leave they put uh, it, a baby it, in a trash yeah. can that is, <laughs> i i've seen that movie actually i think i did a commentary for it uh on on uh, uh, cinema beef, I think years ago, uh, and it's it's yeah, it's the thing is anything that's shot on sixteen millimeter or thirty five millimeter, right. it always feels not quite low budget enough for my particular taste. Right, because show. that shit costs money to film it costs, on and edit and all that sort of shit. Uh, I also 
I want to throw it out there. If you are a listener of No Budget Nightmares who enjoys the Something Weird catalog uh, and think that there are some films in it that might be appropriate for our show, why don't you hop over to the Facebook group and uh, let us know. Mo, how can people get to that? I think go right on to uh, Facebook, <laughs> as you said. Uh, go If they want to go directly to it, it's facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares, all one word. Or just do a search for No Budget Nightmares. Yeah, You'll find we're, us. we're on there. You'll find us. It's not hard to find. You can also, of course, follow No Budget Nightmares on Twitter at No Budget Podcast. I usually put up some uh, screenshots and animated GIFs of the movies as I watch them. You can always request movies through there as well. We're always uh, listening and Learning. You can, of course, uh, follow both Mo and myself on Twitter as well. He is at drunk on VHS, all one word. And I am Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. If you want to catch up on all of the latest No Budget Nightmares episodes, you can go over to nobudgetpodcast.com. It's a great place to subscribe to us via iTunes or whatever other program you use. Also, links to our Patreon if you want to support the show through that. And all the latest, number one, uh, most recent episodes show up at dorkshelf.com. Calm. Mo, we got to talk about what we're going to cover on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares. Have we even discussed it yet? Oh, I already told oh, you. Oh, you Mo. did. Yeah, you told me. You told me. This is. I don't remember pick- the. I don't remember the name, but you, well, you said. Something. I'm prepped and ready. I feel great about it. <laughs> uh, this is a Patreon request. We haven't had one of those for a very long time, and it does fit the uh, the mold of our show. This is from director Jimmy Screamer Claus. It's 2012's animated horror movie, Where the Dead Go to Die. And I believe I actually have a screener of this here. I better, Mo, or I don't know how the fuck we're going to cut a copy of it. But yeah, <laughs> it is a fantasy horror from 2012. It's I believe it's computer-generated animation, which, boy, makes me very excited to watch it. <laughs> yeah, right? No I'm, budget. I'm going to have fucking Terror Tunes flashbacks. Oh, God. No budget CG animation, Where the Dead... Go to Die from 2012 from director and writer Jimmy Screamer Claus. We're going to be covering that, Mo, on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, as long as I can fucking find a copy. Yeah, and I haven't made any um, official announcements yet, and don't consider this as any kind of official thing, because I'm not going to say much about it, but I do have a new project in the works. Um, You know, this is sort of like a a teaser trailer, so to speak. Yeah. and so that look look for that in the near future. Obviously, I, I imagine sometime between now and the next episode, like I'll make everything official with it, and and uh, maybe even have uh, an actual episode out by then. Um, but yeah, you know, new new project from uh, from the artist formerly known as Mo Bourne. I, I'm excited about it. I'm very curious to hear more about it. Should note, by the way, there's some interesting voices for. Uh, the upcoming movie, which is called Where the Dead Go to Die, uh, including Mo, uh, Joey Smack, who appeared in Duck, the Carbine High Massacre, uh, and right, was the cinematographer right, yeah. of that movie as well. And Linnea Quigley does a voice as well. First time, cool. I believe. Yeah, so, you know, there's some familiar stuff. I think I'm just going to hope for the best. I really don't know much about this movie at all. Uh, I have heard things about Jimmy Screamer Claus before, uh, but uh, let's wait until the episode happens to talk about that. Just to give you a quick right. summary of the plot. A troubled group of children living on the same block are haunted by a talking dog named Labby who brings them on a surreal hell rides between different dimensions and time periods. Well, that badly written plot summary is for the Where the Dead Go to Die on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares. Mo, have you seen any interesting movies lately? You know, I have been, uh, obviously I've been playing a lot of video games lately. 
Um, but I had a, an interesting night not too long ago where I delved pretty hardcore into, um, pornography. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. into a documentary series about oh. like true crime and serial oh, killers. going to lead very well into what I'm about to say <laughs> is of course it is. Um, so I watched, I watched a few episodes of that show, the confession tapes, and that was really All interesting. Right. And then I watched, um, what the fuck else did I watch? There was there was other stuff that was all about like serial killers and whatnot. Um, God, I now I feel like an idiot. Like I haven't watched much as far as movies are concerned, right? Um, you know, but uh, Gun Media has broken Friday the Thirteenth, so that's <laughs> that's unplayable at the moment. Um, so I'm trying. So I've been trying to find other things. Like honestly, I just kind of restarted a uh, uh, a, a season. Uh, our series revisit of the office, which I do every seems like every three months at this point. Um, so yeah, I'm not doing much in regards to, uh, to film, but I know, I, f- I know for a fact I have seen stuff since the last time. I just can't fucking think of it. I saw Deadpool too. I don't know if I mentioned that in the last episode. I think you might've mentioned that in the most yeah. recent episode. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Very excited about the whole art form at this point, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm kind of all over the place these days. As of the time that we're recording this, this, uh, this weekend in Toronto, they had a Toronto true crime film festival, uh, at the Royal cinema and, um, and they were showing new true crime documentaries and I'm uh, writing about some of them for, uh, for a website. And one of them is called abducted in plain sight and i'm sure everyone's going to be able to see this soon uh it's an american-made documentary it's it's i would recommend reading as little about it as possible before going into it because this is one of those stories which at first you're like oh i got a handle on this it's disturbing it's a there's about a creepy guy who abducts a girl that's what and then the revelations start coming and it is the most unbelievable story I fucking love when when true crime documentaries are set up like that. You know, it, it is. I am still baffled by it. like this is something that happened in the 1970s throughout most of that decade. In fact, and it starts with this family, this Mormon family in Iowa, and uh, uh, the, this this new family moves in next door to them, and the father in this new family becomes close with their oldest daughter. And I'm not going to say anything more than that because this the 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 naivete of this family the like the first family the family which who who has the daughter is beyond any level you could ever imagine and boy you should definitely check this out i'm not saying it's necessarily the best documentary in terms of how it's made uh but right. the the actual story is one that you will have trouble believing could ever happen oh uh i remembered the other thing i watched i watched a whole bunch of episodes of that show encounters with evil okay Show's fucked up. <laughs> well, the world's a fucked up place, Mo. I think that's something that's been reiterated sure. many, 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 many times over the last couple of years or so. Indeed. It's a tough place to be. But thankfully, Mo, we have low-budget movies to watch. Yes. On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, Where the Dead Go to Die. Mo, it's an hour and 35 minutes long. All so, right, cool. So, so let's. it's a real movie. We're going to watch it. On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, but I think it's time for us to say <gasps> good night. Good night, folks. Is your mother here tonight? 
Yeah, she's right behind you. Watch, Mommy. 